Hello, and welcome to another episode of the ICI Pro Podcast. My name is Joey Stabile, and I am the host of this exciting show. Are you looking for indoor cycling, inspiration, and ideas, new classes and playness, technical expertise? Please find this and a lot more at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Once again, IndoorCycleInstructor.com. And... Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the ICI Pro Podcast. Today, we have a special treat here. We have Robin Robertson from Washington in the U.S., and uh, Robin is going to talk to us today about an innovative program she has called Cycle Moles. With that, Robin, I'm going to turn it over to you. Why don't you take a brief second and um, tell our readers who you are and how you got to uh, be with us. Hi. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me on today. I'm super excited to be here. Let's see, a little bit about me, my background. I started riding a bike at age 24 because my knees were bad already then. So I took all those years of self-care for my knees with bike riding and eventually turned it into the Cycle Moles program. And you might say, okay, Cycle Moles, that's a pretty weird name. Where'd that come from? It all started in our creepy, dark outside access basement we have a, a 1920s house, and so to go down to our basement where we do our rides, you have to go outside and go downstairs. My husband used to say, are you going for a mole ride? And I'd say, yeah, I'm going for a mole ride because you feel like a mole down in the hole down there. Oh, I anyway, love it. Yeah. So um, at the point that we were adding cycling to our programs at our club, we decided to launch it with uh, not just drop-in cycling classes, but an actual program based on all of the training that we had done in our basement. And those rides I was using to create my own training plan. I was racing for the local road racing team at the time and realized I needed something better than just hopping on a bike and spinning throughout the winter I needed some focus training. So that's kind of how the Cycle Moles program got going. Hey, let me ask you to digress just a second. Um, you know, even though this isn't an infomercial, I still want people to know where they can go and um, where you're from. You mentioned that you have your own club. Um, what's the name of the club? Where is it? Sure. And what do you specialize yeah. in? Uh, we're in Bellingham, Washington. The name of my club, I've owned it for 18 years this year, is Bellingham Training and Tennis Club. Bellingham, Washington is north of Seattle. We're about 20 minutes south of the Canadian border, tucked in on the coast. Absolutely beautiful spot in the world. I think it's the best place on earth. And then um, we are primarily a tennis club. We have five indoor courts, and we also have our fitness side of things. We're growing greatly right now. We're actually in the middle of an addition to double our fitness space so that we'll have a big new group training area we just built in a cycling studio the only cycle studio in bellingham last uh last may it opened really excited about that it's pretty cool has great lighting stage all that fun stuff and then if people want to find us online we're at btrainingtennis.com and that's b-e trainingtennis.com 
Very nice. Yeah, I had an opportunity to look at the site, and um, it's a great site. I think it gives some really good insight to your facility and what it has to offer. So very nice. So let's talk a little bit more about the Cycle Mole. So this program started in your basement, and um, just for my own personal thing, I want you to complete the image a little bit. You know, I grew up in an older house here in Pittsburgh and um, we used to have what they called the Bilco doors, right? So the doors that were at an angle that went down the staircase. Is that kind of how you got into your exterior? Not not quite like that, but it is a, you know, an old cement stairway to get down there. And it's got a an old door for sure that lets you in and the ceilings are low, the, there's a couple of windows that are right up at the top by the ceilings. There's always spider webs. When it rains, the cement floor gets wet. So for sure, it is uh, kind of that old, dark basement feeling. And it's kind of fun because we have our, our TV and our monitors set up down there. So when we do some video rides, uh, we've got our own kind of cool cycling area. But I figured when... We were working on our own planning for the rides that it'd be way more fun to do it out in the open rather than down in our basement where we can fit maybe four bikes if we invited friends over. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, Amy and I, um, you know, we've talked about setting up in our garage um, our trainers and stuff, but you know, as reality hits us, um, we usually end up next to each other in one of our two offices at home. And, um, you know, that way we have the computer and the TV and all of the stuff in front of us and we can kind of put on a movie and zone out a bit. Right. Exactly. That's it. It is nice. We've got a super good sound system down there though. So that's pretty fun because we can really crank it up. Oh, nice. So truly a pain cave. (laughs) Yes, it's true. (laughs) I like it. Okay, so um, fast forwarding ahead, we're at um, the Bellingham Club, and um, you've got this wonderful program, Cycle Moles. So why don't you walk me through kind of the macro version of what a season at Cycle Moles looks like, if it is periodized into seasons? Is this something that you do over the winter or all year round? Well, we started as winter training, and We've varied the time length on the programming. When we originally launched it in 2008, we started with a 12-week program. So we had two six-week periodized units inside the 12 weeks. And I really, um, we went back and forth. At some point, we lengthened it to 15 weeks. And now we've cut it back to eight weeks. And we use those eight-week blocks to build on each other. So we have And like I said, we started in the winter and then we added the early spring and then we added a late spring and then we added a fall. And then we've tried a summertime one, although here in Bellingham, when it's nice weather, everybody wants to be outside. So the summertime one, we did focus on just hill climbing on one day and then uh, race day on the second day. We always run the program two days a week. And then when we started Cycle Moles, We started with a long format, so the class is an hour and a half long with 75 to 85 minutes on the bike, and then the remaining time that we have, let's say it's a 75-minute class, then we do 100 core moves afterwards, so we get off the bike and go to the floor to do core and always finish up with some stretching. Very nice. Now, um, so I mean, this sounds like straight-up cycling training. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, originally I developed a program for cyclists who were competitors, and it has really evolved into one that is for 
someone who wants to improve their performance. We always focus on technique in the first couple of weeks. And so many people come into the class and they say, nobody ever taught me that. No one ever talked about how to sit on your bike to become more comfortable. We have a six point check that we do for body position. And no one ever told me about pedal stroke. I'm sure lots of listeners know this, but if you don't share that with your clients, that, that there are four parts to the pedal stroke and actually work on it, then you know they're not getting as much power to the pedals as they could. So we also do some threshold assessments in the class. That's a big part of it. We do a heart rate and power threshold. Our bikes now also have watts on them. We use the Kaiser M3Is. I like the Kaisers myself. Yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. Um, you know, positioning and mechanics is more than half of the game for sure. Yes. Um, and it, it it always surprises me that more indoor cycle instructors aren't concerned with that. And I think that, you know, I think oftentimes the feeling is, well, that's just for racers and that's just for cyclists, but it's really not. I mean, you wouldn't have somebody jump on a flat bench to do a bench press, you know, load them up with 200 pounds and then never, (laughs) ever give them any kind of direction on in terms of technique or positioning where you want the shoulders. But yet that's kind of what we do on indoor cycles, isn't it? Exactly. Right. And so that was one of the things that I really wanted to tackle with this program. So it's, it really is for performance, no matter what your end goal is, whether you want to race or if you want to go out and do that century ride and feel really good on the century ride, or maybe you're just looking for a super solid over the winter training program and you're not even an outdoor cyclist. Some of the people who participate in our programs um, don't ride about bike outside, but then they want to after they've learned all these really great ter- tips on how to get going on a bike and how to ride better. And so we started with that 75 minute format, 75 to 85 minutes on the bike. And that was so popular, but some people were like, well, I don't have that much time or I don't want to ride that long really. So we have a separate one. Uh, we have two levels of the cycle moles program. The one I'm talking about first that we developed became level two. And then our level one program is 55 minutes on the bike with five minute stretching at the end. Both have the same format in terms of interval based training with a focus on technique in the beginning, the first couple of weeks, and then we move on to base building and then higher level efforts at the end. And then a big thing with each eight-week focus that we have now is that it's a little different. In the fall, we were really focusing on base building and working on quick recovery with heart rate. In the winter, we moved into more um, upper-level aerobic work and stamina. And then this spring, now we're working on some of that higher-level aerobic anaerobic work as we get toward the end of the eight-week season. Very nice. And I'm so glad that you brought up that some of the people are not even outdoor cyclists. Um, You know, I have two kind of comments on that. One is um, I think sometimes instructors hear about a program like this or even club owners hear about a program like this and they say, well, you know, that's really only for the outdoor cyclist and we don't have an outdoor cycling crowd here. So, you know, that kind of program isn't really for us. Um, And I'm going to blend that into my second comment in that, um, you know, as you well know, um, I own Cycling Fusion's training systems as well. 
And, um, you know, one of our kind of taglines at Cycling Fusion is, um, you know, bringing the outside in. But one of the things that I find so amazing, and I think even more fulfilling than bringing the outside riders in, is at the end of a great training season, when you bring some of the inside riders out, and now they discover this whole wide world of cycling that you don't have to be down in drop bars. You don't have to be on a time trial bike. You know, you can be out riding your hybrid on the rails to trails and just enjoying the outside clean air and doing something physical um, to just release. And I think that's an amazing um, addition. Oh, it's such a gift, really, when you can take somebody's experience thinking that they only want to do this inside and it's part of their fitness routine and open up that whole world of outdoor cycling. Adventure travel by bicycle is my favorite thing to do. And so I always like to share that with our clients that are in the Cycle Moles program. And we offer some outdoor training as well, supplemental to the Cycle Moles program. So we do some learn to ride in a group activities. We'll have a clinic that's just a hill climbing clinic or an outdoor first time riding in a group clinic. And that really helps to bridge that next step for people who want to transition to riding outside as well. And it's so fun to see that joy in people as they get on their bike and and figure out that riding a bike outside is as much fun as it is inside and maybe even more. We've done some um, what I would consider cycle coaching here in Pittsburgh as well. Um, you know, one of my seemingly endless number of jobs is that I'm the triathlon coach at Carnegie Mellon University. Mm. And um, one of the things that I find that honestly had never occurred to me before is that people actually need to learn how to drink water while on the bike. Exactly. And like what shifting is all about. Like it just seemed so natural to me, I guess, because, you know, I've been riding a bike for quite a while and um, I just never really thought about it. And I know we had one of our first groups out and, um, you know, I, as we were kind of coming off of a, a hill, I had said, okay, you know, everybody, you know, let's drink it up and um, move on. And the one lady pulled over to the side and I said, you know, what, what are you doing? We're not breaking yet. And she said, well, I had to pull over to get something to drink. And literally right. I looked at her and said, why? <laughs> I mean, like it never occurred to me that you couldn't reach down and grab the bottle, right? <laughs> exactly. Yes. And, you know, that's one of the things that we focus on in the Cycle Moles program. It's not just the training that they're getting on the bikes with the intervals, interval training that we're doing, but we also have some additors that we include with the programming because people need to know about when you should drink and why you should drink and if you should put some electrolytes into your bottle or if you want to have calories that you're taking in, when to eat before you ride, when to eat after you ride. So we cover all of those kind of things. We really look at this as a premium program where they're getting these extra uh, tips and ideas about how they can improve their own health and their own performance whether or not they're actually getting out and doing any racing. Yeah, very neat. The um, And I think it's so important. There's so much misinformation out there mm, on nutrition yeah. and hydration. Um, you know, I can't tell you the number of people that I come across that, uh, you know, they're like, well, w where's the Gatorade? It's a, it's a 5K. Shouldn't there be Gatorade and bagels? Yes. Um, it's a 5K. <laughs> You'll yeah. be fine. It, you know, exactly. but it's, um, I, I think that, 
you know, part of that is marketing from the mainstream, right? You get just inundated with Gatorade and Powerade and, you know, all of the different products that are out there. And, um, you know, I think a part of it is there's not enough education going mm-hmm. on in the industry. You know, as I said, right, you wouldn't throw somebody on a, on a weight bench, un, you know, uninstructed. But right. yet, you know, we do that. And really, I, I like, and I've said it many times, the, um, you know, the indoor bike is really nothing more than a weight bench, right? It is mm. a piece of exercise equipment that has been designed to mimic the actions of a bicycle. Right. And, and on that, you should do things that you do on a bicycle and maybe leave some of the other things for the weight room. Hmm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. So um, Amy and I, every time we're down in D.C., we go to SoulCycle. And I know this is a hot button with some of our listeners. So we're yes. not, we're not going to go into that whole hot button thing. Um, the thing I will tell you, though, is we do enjoy it. Um, usually we'll go on like a Friday night, kind of their happy hour ride or whatever. Mm. Um, but you know, I think you have to go in with eyes wide open, right? I'm not going into a cycling class. I'm going to take a party on a bike. Yes. And that's, yeah. and that's what it it's that about. Way, great. Yeah. That's fabulous. Good. And, um, the thing that always cracks me up is though they're, you know, here, go ahead. You know, we're going to now do upper body. It's a one pound weight. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I, 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 I yeah. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> it leaves me speechless. And I got to tell you that almost never happens. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but okay. So anyways, s- s- quick divergence there. So we've got, yes. um, what we're running in eight week programs now and pretty much from fall all the way through the spring. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. And it's pretty nice because we can use each of those eight week blocks really as, a way to teach a slightly different angle, right? So we've always got a purpose that we're looking for in the overall, the macro, and then each of the rides has an individual purpose for how we're building throughout that eight-week period. We usually add a heart rate and power threshold assessment on the second week of the ride. So during that, we do an in-class assessment. We basically use a foster talk test so every two minutes, the clients are working a little bit harder. We have sheets that everybody records their information on. I call it the, the, the big multitasking event because they have to write down their information and maintain their intensity. Most people who've been in the program for several years uh, groan when we do this each time, but they're happy to have those numbers because we also use the MyZone heart rate training system at our club we can go in then and adjust their maximum heart rate to really reflect their true zones for themselves. And people love the fact that we are tweaking the MyZone training system to be user-specific. That's yeah, a big one. Isn't that really what people want, right? Personalization. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, then, and then they can see the progress. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's funny. So um, another area I think that is commonly misunderstood in the indoor cycling thing, right, is, you know, the numbers. That's for the racers. 
And that's for the mm. outdoor cyclists. Um, my youngest daughter, who still lives with me, I have to laugh because, um, you know, she's not a cyclist. She's a swimmer. And, um, you know, it started off that she would go to spin class with me, I don't know, maybe once a week or so if I was teaching, uh, just to spend a little father-daughter time and kind of get out of it, right? Nice. So throughout going to my classes, you know, she has learned what wattage means, you know, where I think the appropriate ranges should be for light, moderate, and heavy work and that kind of stuff. And... Um, it, it wasn't long ago that she came to me and she said, you know, my average watts per class has gone up over the last <laughs> few months. And literally, I'm thinking to myself, you know, who are you and what have you done with my daughter? Right. Um, but the neat part is, if you can measure it, you can improve it, right? Exactly. And, and that's, I, yeah, that's, that's what they love to see. Exactly. And that's part of what we do in the Cyclemost program is give each person individual measuring sticks. So they're looking at their heart rate. They're looking at their Watts. We do, a, depending on the class, we either do a five minute or an eight minute, um, Watts assessment, average Watts for that time. And so they can check back to see, okay, am I growing or not? And when I give them their assessment sheets, then after we process the information, I always write down a little note about, okay, here's what's changed from last time to this time. And they love seeing that change. And everyone, almost every time, makes some sort of an improvement. And that's the nice thing about collecting that data is that you can show them they're improving and that keeps them interested in, in coming back. We've had people in our Cyclemos program, I'd say, especially in our evening long format, that half the class has been coming since 2008, since we started it. They love it. They love the results that they get. And so they keep coming back, which is great for club revenue because we've got this solid base of cyclists. I'm so glad that you said that. I think more studio owners, um, you know, need to understand that, right? So, yeah, I was thinking about it. Um, one of the things that I think the indoor um, studio owners need to really understand is the concept of retention, right? It is so much less expensive to keep clients that you have than it is to constantly have to go out and find new clients. And in my experience in the industry... Um, nothing builds retention like results. Mm, so true. I absolutely agree. I think we see that in our Cyclemoles program that we have such a high percentage of return riders every year. We have in our studio, we have 12 bikes. And so six, seven or eight people are, are repeat customers. So that's why the program keeps expanding because our repeat customers keep coming back. We don't have much room to add new cyclists to the programs and we have to keep adding sections and sections. <laughs> and isn't that a great problem to have? Yeah. Right. With, right. Growing the program. So I think it's super important for retention and a draw for people who otherwise wouldn't come to our club. They might not be interested in the other kinds of uh, fitness programs that we have going, but they love that this is a program that has a beginning and an end. They're not having to sign on for a year membership. They get to just come in and do this program, which is unique to everything else going on in our community. No one else has this kind of a cycle training program. So it has a big draw, a larger radius around the club than you'd normally have for, say, just straightforward fitness. So we've got people coming from all over the county to come to this particular cycle training program. Oh, how neat. How neat. Okay, great. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> okay, that okay. leads us to our next um, 
next area here, and you touched on it a couple of times. You talked about periodization. You talked about the goals and objectives of the rides. But I think really what that drives to is the bigger issue of overall program design. Um, one of the things that I stress when I'm doing my training workshops is, you know, I talk about periodization, and that's important, of course. But I think that um, program design is so essential. You know, what I always tell them, and I even tell my, my riders, right, you should expect that of your Group X instructors. This is a job for us. This is our profession. We should give it some thought. It shouldn't just be a playlist. We should have a definite goal. We should understand how we're going to get you from here to that goal and, um, you know, what any necessary modifications during that trip might be. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your program design process? And um, I know we had talked a little bit kind of off air, if you will, about the quality control you use, which I think is just phenomenal. Maybe give us a little insight to that as well, if you'd be so kind. Sure. Yeah. I, none of our cycling instructors wing it ever. We have a plan and we want to stick to it. And then we want to be able to share that with each other so that we all become better instructors. So in developing the Cycle Moles program, we have a giant library of rides. All of those rides are rated based on if they are uh, F for fundamentals or foundations, B for base building, R for race or ride simulations, or T for theme because you got to have theme days like St. Patty's Day. Gotcha. So... Right. So they're all categorized based on F, B, R, or T. And then within that, they're rated a one, two, or three based on how hard they are within that, that um, topic. So for our fundamentals, we have fundamentals one, two, or three. Okay. So all of the workouts are written out as cue sheets and the music is either on the cue sheet or on a Spotify playlist that goes with the cue sheet. And we compose the eight week program. So there's 16 rides in the eight week program, put it all in a notebook so that when an instructor comes in to teach the class, they just go to the day, pull the ride, and teach the ride. They know exactly what they're teaching. They know why they're teaching it. It has all the cue notes on there saying the purpose of the ride is this. The things to pay attention to are these things. So that there's a, an even quality of, of instruction throughout our programs. And we can trust that the material, of course, is being provided in the steps that we want it provided for that periodization. If I may interrupt you here for a second, um, just because I want to highlight that point, it's so important. Um, you know, oftentimes I'll hear instructors comment on, you know, they'll say, you know, how long does it take you to put together a ride? And mm -hmm. realistically, it could be anywhere between two and four hours for me to put together a, a ride, get the music that I want for the ride. Um, kind of fanatical about beat matching the music to the cadence that I want. Um, and, um, you know, then cueing it all out. And I get kind of the deer in the headlights look probably more often than not of saying, why would you invest that mm. kind of time in a ride? And my answer is always the same quality repeatability. Yes. Exactly. Once I do it once, I never have to go back and do it again, but yet I can deliver that same ride whenever I need to, I mean, I'm never flawless, right? I'm human, but you know, to a high quality level 
that I'm happy with because I have all of my information right there in front of me. Exactly. And it just makes it easier for everyone, especially if somebody else, let's say you're sick one day and the ride needs to be taught. If we didn't have those cue sheets ready for our instructors, they wouldn't have any idea what to teach or where the class is in the level of their progression. So it's all about, I think, um, making sure that we have that high level of quality in instruction because this is a premium program. And now some of our instructors in the very beginning, back in 2008, were like, well, but aren't you stunting my creativity by making me write it all down and submit it? Because everybody has to submit their ride. We approve it before it goes into our library. And I always say, of course, you have some wiggle room on the rides. There's always going to be the own instructor's take on what the instructor instructions mean because not everybody teaches it exactly the same that's fine but the whole purpose of the ride is still getting across along with the interval styles that we're offering for that ride yeah i couldn't agree with you more um i just had that happen today actually so i taught at cmu um at noon today Mm -hmm. and um you know, there was a section about halfway through where I had some explosive um, power sections, which normally I would come out of the saddle into a 23-second sprint on. And um, today I decided to, you know, keep them seated as a breakaway. And, right. um, it, you know, so I, I don't think that it, it stunts the creativity. And um, I, I think actually, you know, if viewed in the proper light, I think it can expand the creativity of an instructor because it gives you an opportunity to actually sit back and look at it and think, is that truly what I was trying to express to the riders or did I miss the mark? Right, exactly. And there's always some flexibility. I mean, maybe you always approach a hill a certain way. You go 80, 75, 70. You make it increasing in in steepness as you add gears. Well, you know, maybe one day you go, okay, we're going to stay at 80 RPM the whole time and just add gears there. So there is room for interpretation within the workouts for sure, but the basic structure is there. Yeah, I love it. And I love the idea that they submit the rides to you and have them um, them pre-approved. I think that uh, especially in the, the bigger box areas, but, you know, I'm sure in some smaller stuff too – Many of the Group X coordinators or managers have no idea what's going on in their in their studios. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. And and when we started making this format for Cycle Moles, it was a sigh of relief for everyone because they didn't have to think it up. And as you said, it takes a lot of time to put together a quality ride, especially the music side of it. And Uh, We're getting to that point where we've got this huge library and now we have to actually um, update our music as well. And I'm not looking forward to that because that's not my forte. I'm better at I can write write out interval workouts all day long. I'm a little less good at matching up the music. And that does take so much time. And everybody's music tastes are so different. Trying to please everyone is is a big challenge. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I think that, um, the, the, you know, the truth is I don't think you ever please everyone. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, and I always laugh, um, you know, one of the things that I have had said to me in the past is, um, you know, somebody come up, comes up after class and says, I got to tell you, that might've been some of the worst music I've ever heard <laughs> in my life, but 
it worked for the ride that you were delivering. Yes. You know, yes. and I think that's why it's so important to get the right music, even if the person doesn't like that particular style of music. Um, you know, if, if you pick the right cadence and the right tempo and the right feel, it will still work for the class. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Music is a, a daunting task, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I wish there was somebody who'd put together a playlist uh, with just songs and beats per minute and the feeling for it, because you can have a, you know, a, a 90 RPM that feels like you should sprint or a 90 RPM that feels like you should climb. Yeah. And it would be so nice for somebody to do that. Well, and you know what? I'm going to have to take the shameless plug here that, um, you know, at ICI Pro on our website, as part of our membership site, we do offer the weekly ride, which, you know, anywhere from 15 to 17 new songs fully choreographed out every week in the format of a ride. And, um, you know, if somebody went back through and, um, you know, kept their rides every week, right, you would start to build that library. Exactly. And your rides are in our library now. I'm very happy to say that. <laughs> well, thank we have you. To, yes, we have to expand some of them to the 90 minute format. But yeah, you bet. Ooh, I they like are it. In our library. Yep. I think we might have to take that challenge on. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Thank you very much. I mean, even if we only did one a quarter or something like that, but at least then it would keep them coming fresh. And, um, you know, that's a whole uh, a whole nother avenue for us to look in because we do offer a 45 minute ride once in a while. Because we've had a few people say, well, my ride's only 45 minutes. Right, yeah. Um, but generally, we try to stick to the hour because that seems to be the average. Um, but, you know, if we're going to come down to the 45s, we should go up to the 90s. Yeah, you betcha. I'm in. <laughs> I like it. Very nice. Okay, yeah. So um, as we talked, that music can really be a daunting task. But it sounds like you've done an amazing job with the Psychomoles program. Um, as we come into the... Uh, Final few minutes of our podcast here. I um, have a question for you, and then I want to open it up for you to make any final comments. But my initial question is: so, if I'm a studio owner, um, you know, how do I reach out to you? Are you willing to help other owners establish a program like this, or better yet, um, you know, do you have any plans to prepackage this program that I can get a turnkey kind of a thing? and um, try to do something similar in my studio or as an instructor kind of a thing. Oh, well, awesome. Thank you for asking that. Um, we actually do have some plans down the road to offer the eight-week program as a done-for-you program, which is pretty great because it takes all the work out of it, and they're proven programs. That'll be coming. It may be later this year. Like I said, we're in the middle of our expansion at the club, we're building that addition, and so my focus is there primarily. Um, but we may be launching that, and I'm also working on a certification program for healthy knees. Totally different subject, but if you want to check it out, you can go to healthykneescoach.com, and you'll see it there. You can always um, enter in that you're interested in it, and it's through that program that we'll be offering the Done for You Cycle Moles eight week long premium programs for cycling. Very nice. It sounds like that could be a whole separate podcast in the making. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I have lots to say about knees. <laughs> Fabulous. And um, as all of our listeners know, but just to reinforce, um, I'll make sure that there is an email address, a web address, and some pertinent information available on our podcast page when we do this. As always, the uh, podcast and the accompanying pages are free. You do not have to be a member member of ICI Pro to access them. So um, we'll make sure we get that out for you. 
Yeah, and I, I want to add to that. I'm happy to put together one of our 60-minute rides of fundamentals. So if you've never taught things like pedal stroke and body position before, I'll put that together for you so you can offer that, Joe, to share with everybody. Boy, that would be phenomenal. I think there's so few of those classes um, floating around. And um, I know myself, I'm sure like many other instructors, when you're told that you're now going to be teaching a kind of beginner cycling class and a fundamental class, we all stare at the wall and wonder what exactly does that mean? Right. And it actually can be fun. It's, <laughs> I get that look sometimes too. It's like fundamentals. Oh, we're just going to work on pedal stroke. Well, yeah. And you make it really fun and you teach people things that they've never even thought about before. So that seeing that aha light bulb go on is pretty cool. That's very neat. Um, one of the things maybe we can do with that, I know that I'm going to see you um, in a couple of months and um, maybe when yes. we're on site, we could get an audio recording of you or one of your instructors delivering one of those fundamental classes. I bet our listeners oh, would love to hear it. That'd be awesome. I'd be so happy to do, to do that. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Let's do it. All right. Terrific, Robin. Once again, Robin Robertson, I thank you so much for your time today. And um, I look forward to seeing the Cycle Moles program grow. And um, again, it sounds like we have a couple more podcasts in the making here. How exciting. Thank you so very much. I'm so pleased to have been able to share this information and look forward to helping however I can. Please check out our website at indoorcycleinstructor.com.